Welcome to the Climate Report on Forward Radio, WFMP LP 106.5 FM, Louisville. LP stands for Low Power. We are a non-commercial, not-for-profit radio station. And because we're non-commercial, we don't have corporate sponsors. We don't have commercial sponsors. So we can shoot straight and tell you the truth. And we are not under the influence of corporate money. That is very important today. This is Hart Hagen, your host, and we are on episode number 126. Today's topic is Don't Trust Anyone Over 30. We'll be talking about Don't Trust Anyone Over 30 in a few minutes, but first, here's what the Climate Report is all about. So, climate change is real, and addressing the problem is not something that we need to do 100 years from now or 50 years from now. And we don't need to get started 10 years from now. We get, need to get started now. We need to get started like yesterday. Because climate change has already done a lot of damage. will continue to do a lot of damage. And what we're trying to do is prevent the damage from getting exponentially worse. We've had record forest fires, record heat waves, record droughts. These things affect people's lives. These things take people's lives. And what we're trying to do at this point is to prevent things from getting exponentially worse. We're trying to prevent a situation where we have two times, four times, eight times as many record hurricanes, two times, four times, eight times as many record heat waves and droughts, two times, four times, eight times as many record forest fires. We don't need this. And it's time to get the attention of our elected officials who don't want to do anything but waste your time and stand in the way. And that's what the Climate Report is all about. This program is part of WFMP's Public Affairs Educational Programming. The views expressed are those of the speaker, and not the station. If you have any comments, questions, or feedback, please email info at theclimatereport.net. If you enjoy this show and would like access to more episodes, then I suggest you go to theclimatereport.net, and right there on the home page, it will give you access to previous episodes. It will show you how to get to the recordings of this show on a platform called SoundCloud. So today's episode is entitled, Don't Trust Anyone Over 30. So that phrase, it's kind of tongue-in-cheek, but it comes from the 60s. Now, I'm over 30, so why am I saying don't trust anyone over 30? Well, for one thing, I don't want you to trust me. if, If what I say makes sense, great. If it doesn't make sense, you need to make up your own mind. But when in the 60s and the 70s, the anti-war protesters said don't trust anyone over 30, what they meant was don't trust the old guard. And today, it's the same thing. We need to not trust the old guard. So I love the Sunrise Movement, young people who are raising hell and being very confrontational. Just today, this very day, in this very city, The Sunrise Movement disrupted a talk by Mitch McConnell, the Senate Majority Leader, and it was great to see. 
it's time to act like we mean business and we're not going to let the old guard cling to their power and their money at the expense of everyone else. We're not going to let the old guard cling to their power and their money at the expense of a habitable planet. We're not going to let the old guard cling to their power and their money at the expense of everything we care about. So I have a handy-dandy numbered list of 46 things. Each one of them starts with, Don't trust people who... And we'll see how many of those 46 things we can get through in three episodes. Item number one, don't trust people who don't acknowledge or accept that we must convert to renewable energy in 10 years. Recently, the Sunrise Movement confronted Dianne Feinstein in her office in Congress, and they said, we need a Green New Deal. Senator Feinstein, we need a Green New Deal. And she responded, well, it's not going to happen. So the senator was incredibly rude to these young people who are asking her to stick up for what they are entitled to, which is a habitable planet. But the notable fact is not that she was rude. The notable fact is that she is standing in the way of these young people, the youngest of whom was seven years old. She is standing in the way of a very reasonable set of proposals. And obviously some people don't think the Green New Deal is reasonable, but you have to ask, what is more important? What is their agenda? Why do they not want to go to bat for a habitable planet? And I don't know the answer to that, and I don't need to know. But the people who are currently in power are holding on to illegitimate power. And I'm not talking about the current office holders. I'm talking about a system in which power is money and money is power. Whoever has the most money gets to call the shots. But scientists tell us that we need to convert to renewable energy, clean renewable energy within 10 years, and whoever is not with us is against us. I'm not saying be rude. I'm not saying be violent. I'm saying don't trust people who are not on board with what science says we need to do. In an argument between politics and physics, side with physics. Number two, don't trust people who feel entitled to their cars. I did three episodes entitled Travel. And in those three episodes, I feel like I made a pretty good case that when we implement the Green New Deal, we will have a more abundant world. We will have a world that is more equitable. We will have a world with clean air, clean water, with social justice, with opportunity for everyone. And some people are standing in the way because they feel entitled to their cars. In my episode, my series on travel, I feel like I made a pretty good case that cars are not freedom. Cars are bondage. Cars are slavery. Especially cars with internal combustion engines. 
people don't text and drive because they want to be driving. They text and drive because they would rather not be driving. We need to have mass transit when we can, cars when we have to. If you're riding the train, then you can read, ride, relax. You can work, you can think, you can sleep. And there's a lot more freedom in that than being behind a steering wheel breathing fumes. We need to live lightly on this earth and maintaining a habitable planet is more important than some people's twisted cockeyed notion of freedom or prestige. Item number three, don't trust people who feel entitled to flight. So there may come a time when planes can be powered by electricity. I don't know. But as long as planes need to be powered by jet fuel, they need to be eliminated. Even that electric plane, just like an electric car, has to be manufactured. What we don't need to do is replace internal combustion engines with, with just as many electric cars. What we don't need to do, even if it's technologically feasible, is to replace just as many planes with electric planes, assuming that technology can someday exist. Because the manufacture of electric cars is problematic. The manufacture of electric cars takes a lot of plastic, which causes a lot of toxic pollution in the, in the process of extracting the raw materials and all the processing and manufacturing extremely toxic. Plastic is extremely toxic. Metals are extremely toxic. I'm not saying we do completely without plastic or completely without metals. I'm saying we save those items for stuff that we really need. Here's what we don't need. We don't need all the military planes, military boats, military jeeps and personnel carriers and cargo carriers. Military planes need to be grounded like yesterday because the military does not make us more safe. It makes us less safe. Now, I wouldn't be saying this if we were not the strongest country on earth. Other countries have a right to defend themselves, but we do not have a right to dominate the rest of the world militarily. Planes need to be grounded now. Helicopters need to be grounded now, except those that are essential to a reasonable way of life. And I wouldn't be saying this, I wouldn't be admitting this to you if I thought we had to make ourselves miserable, if I thought we had to be austere, if I thought we had to adopt asceticism. But it's just the opposite of that. We can have a world in which we can travel more. But we need to not organize all that around the need of auto companies to make a profit. We can have a world in which we can travel more than we do now, but we need to not organize that in such a way as to make the airlines a profit. We can have a world in which we can travel more than we do now, but we need to not organize that in such a way as to make the aircraft 
manufacturers a profit. We can have a world in which we travel more to many more nicer places, but we need to do it in a way that is not designed to make the oil companies a profit. We can have a more abundant world, but the only way we can have a more abundant world is if we treat scarce resources as if they are scarce and abundant resources as if they are abundant. What we do now is take abundant resources and treat them as if they are scarce, and we treat scarce resources as if they are abundant. Item number four, don't trust people who feel entitled to a habitable planet. And what I'm referring to here is that don't trust people who think they can live like they want with no limits and somehow the planet is going to be habitable. So I grew up in a conservative home in a conservative culture. My parents were Republicans. I was Republican for a long time. And what I was told is that the world doesn't owe you a living. The world doesn't owe you a living. But what we've got now is a ruling elite that will tell you and me that the world doesn't owe you a living, but they also believe, apparently, that the world owes them a habitable planet, that they can live the way they want to live without limit, and somehow the planet is going to be habitable. I want you to picture a globe. Now imagine painting that globe, and you let that dry, and then you paint it again. If that globe is our Earth, then our atmosphere is as thick as those two coats of paint. When you're sitting on the earth and looking up, it seems like there's a lot of atmosphere. I mean, the atmosphere, it just seems like it goes up almost as far as you can imagine. But being up there and looking down, there is not much atmosphere. It is very thin. What makes us think that we can do anything we want to that very thin atmosphere. We started emitting a lot of carbon dioxide into the atmosphere 250 years ago at the beginning of the Industrial Revolution. Over that course of time, we have increased the carbon dioxide in the atmosphere by 50%. Most of that increase has occurred in the last 30 years And if we continue the way we're going, then by the end of the century, we will have tripled or quadrupled the amount of carbon dioxide in the atmosphere. What makes us think that we can do that with impunity? What makes us think we can do that without consequences? Don't trust people who think that we can live however we want with no limits and the planet somehow owes us habitability. Item number five, don't trust people who don't believe in moving full steam ahead with solar energy. According to the Green Party's version of the Green New Deal, which has a lot of good footnotes in it, we can do a complete transition to clean renewable energy 
within a 10-year time frame. Plus, scientists are telling us that we have to do that. So we can make a complete transition in 10 years, and we need to make a complete transition in 10 years. So what else do you need to know? So don't trust people who don't believe in moving full steam ahead with solar energy and wind energy and the other components of a complete plan for renewable energy. So the main components of a complete plan for clean renewable energy include power generation with solar, power generation with wind, a state-of-the-art smart energy grid, and efficient electric trains. There are other components, but now the thing is, these new technologies will create a lot more jobs than the same old, same old, old technologies. New technologies create more jobs than the same amount of money invested in fossil fuels or the war machine. So I don't have the study in front of me, but it's a footnote in the Green Party's version of the Green New Deal. And it says that if you take a million dollars and invest it in coal or oil or gas, then you end up with three to five new jobs being created. But if you take that same million dollars and invest it in solar or wind or mass transit or a state-of-the-art energy grid, then what you get is 7 or 10 or 12 or 15 jobs being created. In other words, about three times as many jobs will be created per million dollars spent if we go ahead and invest in the things that we need to do. So don't trust people who don't believe in moving full, uh, full steam ahead with solar energy. They are either uninformed or they are deliberately standing in the way. I'm not saying be rude or judgmental. I'm just saying don't follow them. Don't trust them. Don't follow them. Don't place your confidence in such people because they are not worthy of your confidence, at least not when it comes to politics. They might be good people. They might be a good boss or a good friend, or they might be the salt of the earth, but they don't know the real deal when it comes to politics if they don't believe in moving full steam ahead with solar energy and wind and mass transit and the state-of-the-art energy grid. Item number six I've already talked about. People don't trust people who don't know that renewable energy will create a lot more jobs than fossil fuels. There are people who say that we can't afford a Green New Deal. What we can't afford is the old raw deal. We cannot afford an economy based on fossil fuels. We spend, literally, we spend trillions of dollars a year on a fossil fuel system that is sick, corrupt, and bankrupt. Item number seven, don't trust people who do not actually have a genuine concern for the environment. Now, the environment is a word that means everything that surrounds us. It includes air, it includes water, it includes the temperature, it includes rainfall. We depend on our environment. We depend on the air we breathe, we depend on water, we depend on rainfall, we depend on our environment to produce food, clean water, 
oxygen, and some people just don't understand how much we depend on all that. And of course, some people profess to have a concern for the environment or for wildlife, but those are empty words if they don't believe in climate change, if they don't believe in limiting the ability of industry to pollute our air and pollute our water. What I'm saying is I have yet to meet a climate change denier who is actually an environmentalist, who actually cares about clean water, clean air, wildlife, etc. As far as I'm concerned, such people do not exist. And if what I'm saying sounds harsh, I just have to ask, if you care about the environment, why do you deny what 97% of scientists are saying about the environment? If you care about the environment, why do you side with oil companies against scientists? How could oil companies possibly be right as opposed to the overwhelming consensus of the scientific community? Item number eight, don't trust anyone who actually believes that we have a free press. So where did that come from? What does a free press have to do with anything? Well, we're told that we have freedom of the press, and there's a sense in which that's true in that the government usually does not interfere with what the press says, although they they do have some interference, but let's set that aside for just a minute. What is not commonly acknowledged, least of all by the media themselves, what is almost never acknowledged is that the media are businesses. They are businesses. They are owned by businesses. They own other businesses, and they get their funding from businesses. The media get their funding from people who make big money selling weapons of war. The media make their money from companies that make big money selling oil. The media make their money from companies that make big money selling telecommunications. They make their money from big agribusiness companies. They make their money from big Wall Street firms. The list goes on and on and on. Show me a media corporation and I will show you someone who will not be in business long if they truly critique the war machine. Show me a media corporation and I will show you somebody who will not be in business long if they truly critique the oil companies. We could go on and on. In business, you can't bite the hand that feeds you. You can't afford to offend. The media companies cannot afford to offend the businesses that pay their bills. If they did that, they wouldn't be in business very long. So if somebody has his head in the clouds and believes that we have a free press, don't trust that person. And the thing is, the media believe this about themselves. The media believe that they are free. The media believe that they are these fiercely independent agents 
that are always challenging authority. They really believe that about themselves. And if a person didn't believe that, they wouldn't be able to work them their way up into the, into the news business. But don't trust people who believe we have a free press. The closest thing we have to a free press are people who are not beholden to for-profit media corporations. I'm going to give you a list of seven or eight people that I trust to give me a good interpretation of the news. Now, you can get your informa- you can get some information from New York Times, Wall Street Journal, Washington Post, Huffington Post, CNN, MSNBC, Fox News. You can get some of your information from those sources and be my guest. But every one of the sources I just named, actually I don't know the Huffington Post very well, but I know the other sources that I just named, they're always going to have a pro-corporate spin. They're never going to truly critique the businesses that pay their bills. So irrespective of what information you get from the major newspapers and from the cable news, you need to get some of your information from truth-based sources. My truth-based sources are Noam Chomsky, Naomi Klein, Amy Goodman, Lee Camp, Jimmy Dore, Ralph Nader, Chris Hedges. So that's my list. You're going to have a different list, but I want you to have sources that you can trust because without the sources that you can trust, you're going to be like a fish in water. The fish in water doesn't know anything about the world outside the water because the water is all it knows. The fish thinks water is all that exists. And if you don't get a good portion of your information from truth-based sources, then you're going to believe the crap that the Wall Street Journal wants you to believe. I'm talking about you're, you're going to buy into their pro-corporate narrative. You're going to buy into the pro-corporate narrative of the New York Times, pro-corporate narrative of the Washington Post and CNN and MSNBC. As I speak, the mainstream media has just been consumed for two and a half years with Russiagate conspiracy theory. And it, it was, it never, the idea that Trump colluded with the Russians, it just, it's the most ridiculous thing, but the biggest news outlets in the world have been consumed with it. They are not truth-based sources. Item number nine, don't, uh, I've already talked about, but don't trust people who do not know that the media are businesses that consistently give a positive spin to policies that lead to corporate profits. The people be damned. The people be damned. We don't have climate action in Washington, D.C. right now because corporate profits are more important than people. I've got about a minute left and I'd like to wrap it up and leave you with something to think about. So here's what strikes me in the last couple years. In the last couple years, my views on so many things have changed from almost the opposite of what they used to be. And it's just almost unbelievable that I went the first 50-some years of my life being fooled by the nonsense 
that I was taught in at home and on the news and in school. For example, I think the Cold War was nonsense. I think the Cold War really existed, but contrary to what I was taught, it's not because the Russians were aggressive, it's because the Americans were aggressive. Furthermore, the United States it does not fight for freedom and democracy in the world. The United States fights for tyranny, and that's why on the next episode we're going to talk about things like don't trust people who believe in hegemony, don't be- trust people who believe in empire, etc., etc. So it's shocking at first how much of the media and government we cannot trust, but it's important to get to that point because we can't solve a problem until we understand the exact nature of the problem. That's all for today. Thank you for joining me. I hope you enjoyed this. Hope you'll listen in again soon.